Welcome to Beyond Beckdale, the podcast about film and feminism. I'm Contrera and this episode is about a common misconception in cinema, that men and women want different things. Yes, we do want more women on screen, women being the hero, being the villain, in positions of power, shooting the gun, dealing with a monster attack. And we'd like to see men looking after children, openly weeping after loss, and maybe clearing up after that monster attack. But that's not what this episode is about. Studios and producers are still dividing movies into those made for men and those made for women. And so this is a talk with the lovely Just Jen, who works in TV production and writes about film, about such division. Jen doesn't believe in any division based on gender. She chooses which movies to watch much like you do. Jen discusses how filmmakers entice her, the role of gender stereotyping, whether race is a factor, and what exactly it is about Tom Cruise movies that rev her motor. Just before we start, an apology. We recorded at the Pitchhouse Central and it was quiet when we set up. Then suddenly, just as we press record, the place starts banging. Jen can be heard loud and clear, but my voice is quieter. After much sound editing, the resulting piece still contains background noise. Hopefully you'll tune out and listen to Jen's amazing anecdotes. So sorry, thanks, and here's our discussion. Hi Jen. Hi. <laughs> so, you go to the cinema and you also write about film and TV and you also work within the TV That's industry. Right. So today we're going to talk about um, what would draw audiences into a film and is there a difference between what's appealing to women and what's appealing to men. Um, so, what draws you into going to the movies? I definitely think it's changed a lot over the years. Um, for me it's mostly personal I'll see a trailer and be like yeah I can't explain it I'm like I want to see that or it'd be a case of great it's got Tom Cruise in it love a Tom Cruise movie I'll go and see that but I think with more and more things coming out in cinema you have to be a lot more selective about what you have to see because obviously paying for cinema tickets and just time and stuff like that so now it's just a case of is this movie different from everything else that's coming out like what's done differently um like i saw a trailer the other day for a new film what men want which is the uh, the male no female equivalent of what women want the mel gibson movie in black which is a new thing i just sort of start saying is when they do a movie using like a black predominantly black cast members which i think is great so like for example so that is now something that i'm like interested in if i see that they're great they've put taraji p henson in it instead yes. of i saw that yeah someone I don't else any of the other cast yeah me neither yeah. <laughs> but i was like great taraji p henson she's been in a lot of things she's been coming up for some time i already loved the original movie what women want but then when i saw yes. she was doing it i was like yeah i'm definitely gonna see it she's a woman and she's black i can relate to that already even though it was called what men want i mean the title... isn't that everything every other film <laughs> <laughs> i did sort of cringe at that and i was like i mean you could have been a little bit less on the nose guys with the title well but... i see because they're they want it they, they're saying to an audience yeah you know that film what women want sure here's the you know you must be so stupid we have to give you something that's you know. like takeaway w and o and yeah. obviously the milk is yeah so you wanted to see what men want because it had tragic yes uh, do you know who else is in the um, Like, who's the main guy? I presume there's a Mel Gibson equivalent. No, Taraji is the Mel Gibson equivalent. Yes. And then... So, Helen to... Hunt equivalent is a guy. There doesn't seem to be a guy so far right. in the movie. I mean, Tracy Morgan is in it. Um, okay. And you don't think he's the... No, I feel yeah. like it's more to do, which I think is quite interesting, because it's less with the Mel Gibson version. It's like, you know, what 
I'm a womanizer or like I like the specific women like but now I'm in the head and I realize I need to change my ways it's still about him and he was the biggest Yes, exactly. But I think what's interesting now, the spin of what men want, is that it's less about finding a guy and making him love her. It's more a case of her getting ahead in the workplace, seeing what men are thinking and being like, I need to get around that because there's just barriers upon barriers in front of me. And women watching the movie will relate. They'll see it and be like, yeah, it's true. I can't get further than a man in the workplace because you know they're all talking about rugby and sports or something like that or there's a secret poker game that I haven't been invited to because you know apparently women don't like poker no I love poker no one ever invites me but I like Texas Hold'em I never know every time of poker but I mean like we could learn we could go we could still enjoy ourselves exactly that's the main thing the invitation so I think that's one aspect of the movie's changed with obviously coming from a 21st century point of view like the new age a lot more vocal about feminism and stuff like that so I think that's fantastic so that's one of the things as I was watching the trailer I was like I'm definitely gonna see this I'm so sick of this boys club I can help you connect with men why don't we have some tea this smells like dirt oh that's just jasmine tea if you don't count the weed and the peyote and the crack okay so do we think that there's so so that was about you you like the premise you like the fact that it's in black turn that I'm now going to use and uh, that it had trash pants in it so that was kind of so uh, a little bit about what it was about a yeah. little bit about the casting mm-hmm. and the fact that it piqued your attention because it was related to something and you were like oh here's a twist yeah this could be interesting exactly and I did love the original what women want and to be honest even with the title being so obvious it wasn't until like halfway through the trailer she hit her head and I was like oh it's this okay so yeah and I did love the original uh, exactly the same yeah so well, that is definitely the same as yeah. the previous one so is there something else here though about um, something I'm looking at generally um, is that stealth interest which is where if you call a film what men want mm-hmm. are you then getting the attention of a male viewer you get them to watch it and then you, they realise that actually it might actually be about what women want or about yeah. the women um, drive into things because again what women want it's called what women want yeah. that was very obviously aimed at women mm-hmm. but it is also a Mel Gibson starring vehicle and I'd say he's in the vast majority of the film Yeah. so is there do you think the title is important to, what, to getting people to go and see something? Or men and women? Or is there a difference between the genders? Okay. I think the title is definitely important. Um, calling it what men want. I think women just going straight off with that scene that women could be like oh okay cool I can find out what my man wants <laughs> okay men would think oh yeah you know this will totally relate to me I know what I want I'll go watching this knowing that you know it's about me and how I think and this will be hilarious and I think yeah it's a great move to like pull in an audience and if if it needs to be a quite cringy quite <laughs> obvious title to take that initial step because these days you can't nobody watches adverts as much as they used to like I personally rarely watch adverts I record everything fast forward through it on Netflix you don't get adverts so it's a case of being on YouTube seeing that little ident seeing the title and being like this in itself has made me this in itself sort of captures my attention so I think yeah if they need to make the kind of mood that stealth mood to get audiences to take that initial step 
then yeah. It's it's a sh it's a shape like I, I can't work out whether I like it or not because I will do anything to like stop these stereotypes mm -hmm. in films. But sometimes you need this fight fire with fire approach where you're actually adhering to them and then upending yeah. them. So yeah, I agree with you. It's a good thing, but there's a little itch I get oh, where really? I'm like, where I'm like, are we still in a position where men are too frightened to watch something that might be too aimed at female audience? That. <laughs> Like part of me wants to say no, but I mean, I think that it's the case. That I think definitely, and it's, I think it's sort of fighting the battle from the inside. Sort of people who come up with the titles, well, I hope that they do know this, and they're like, you know, men might won't watch this movie, so we need to trick them from the inside and sort of slowly work to chip away at that, and eventually just get a man to see a movie that says for women only, and be like, actually, do you know what? I want to see that as well, even though I'm a man, or or something like that. That um, segues quite nicely into was it um, the new Ghostbusters? Where was there a film? where there were women-only screenings in America. I think it was the female Ghostbusters. I, I made that up. There was, and men went, were out, outraged on Twitter. There were so many people saying, how dare you stop me from yeah. coming to see this film? And I was like, I can see both sides of this. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't like that. Yeah. If there was a, only men can see this film, or this is aimed at men, like they always talk about the Yorkie uh, bar adverts. Oh, say, yeah. Like, it's so clever because the whole point is to get girls to do it. Yeah. It's like negging people to do something. But I, I don't have a, a problem with that kind of thing, but it's maybe it's good PR to do something that presses those gender buttons. Yeah, I mean, I think people are always looking to fight one way or another, and you're right, it could just be a case of egging men on to be like, hang on, I may have never have wanted to see, they may have never wanted to see the female version of Ghostbusters, they'll trash it to all their friends behind closed doors. Yeah. As soon as someone tells them no, they'll come with their pitchforks and their signs and be like, I want to see that movie, and it's just not fair. Yeah. And I think it is a clever but tricky PR stunt because you get men riled up to be like, it's not fair, and then you get women feeling special and like being like, yeah, this one's just for me. Sorry, honey, just me and the girls are going to see this one sort of thing. And I think at the end of the day, it's also, from a PR point of view, it'd be a couple of screenings. It's not like they'd never be allowed to see it. So I think it's nice. Do you know what? I think just as a sort of devil's advocate stirring the pot, it sounds like something I would do to be honest. I'd be like, sorry, men, this one's, this one's not for you. Just to get them all spearheaded and being like, yeah, it is. Well, I would like that. If, if the result is they go, they see it, they say, oh, excuse me, this was for me. I don't care that it's all women in the four main yeah. lead roles. That's fine. But I think there was such a backlash mm. against that anyway. I don't know if it helped or hindered. I think it uh. helps the female audience. I'm all for that. Mm. I just wish there was a way you didn't alienate the male audience yeah. or, or rile them, which may lead to trolling and all of that. This isn't as good. Because I thought what goes past this. What's that? I thought it was a pretty good film. I think in yeah. all the canon of them, it certainly wasn't the top off. Yeah. Uh, I, it made me laugh. It was yeah. okay. It was yeah. funny. Yeah. It did what it was supposed to do, exactly. like, you know. And paved the way, maybe. Yes. More of these things. What about these films that have been made, remaking mm. a male oriented film, but with a all female or more female dominant cast? I'm half and half on this one. I love it. 
of course. It's, well, it's weird because in a sense it's annoying that it has to sort of be done to the complete opposite extreme to get a point across that, you know, women can lead movies and like women can be the main role and you just, it doesn't have to be about two women talking about a guy type thing. So I, I love it, but it's annoying that it has to sort of, like I said, be gone to some extremes like with the oceans. Eight, of course, being like. What did you think of Ocean's Eight? I didn't like the movie. Oh. Yeah, no, I really wanted to because it was in Woman. I was like, I'm seeing this because of that, and I love a heist movie anyway. But it just didn't live up to. I don't know. Maybe there was just so much expectation now because it was supposed to be a full, all women cast. You know, a bunch of famous actresses were doing it in a different way, type thing. And I don't, maybe it was all that expectation. It just fell short for me. Like, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I agree that, again, in the canon of all those films, which there are quite a few now, yeah. um, it's not the best. I do think there is an issue here with expectation. I agree mm. with you that if you go into it, and I find this with films, irrespective of gender, casting, or what yeah. have you, if people rave about something for so long and they say it's the best thing ever, I, I can feel myself going, I'm trying not to get too excited. Yes. as well because with the movie I guess would it have been made if you didn't have Sandra Bullock and Mindy Kaling and Rihanna and you know all those like A-list women in it could it still have been done like you're saying with like a a B-list or a C-list cast or like as a movie on Netflix or something like that would it still have been commissioned and then, it might have been on Netflix, yeah, yeah. it would have had a mainstream cinema. Yeah, 100% it wouldn't yeah. at all. And I think the thing as well, that, like you were saying with the Bechdel test, it passed it, but at the same time, did it? Because she was doing it all, spoiler alert, yeah. to get back at the oh, guy no. who best, yeah, exactly, well, look, well, the man who two, bested her. Yeah, two different ways of looking at it. Yeah. Are there scenes where they're not talking about man? Yes. Yes. So it passes it in a narrow sense. Mm-hmm. But you've definitely highlighted the fact that if it's all to do with a man or ultimately, yeah. you know, because that does have to be, that should be the absolute bare minimum. Mm-hmm. It's it's just shameful that a lot of films that could pass it don't. Yeah. But they, it passes it, so this is, yeah, I agree with you. There's and still showing up her brother. Particularly, yes, there's a, but I don't mind the Danny Ocean connection so much yeah. because that relates it, to, puts it in the universe. Yeah. And people love doing that, so it's fine. I think that the Richard Armitage ex boyfriend bit, not so much, especially considering that there was definitely the feel that, that her and Kate with um, Blanchett's character might be in a lesbian relationship yeah. or had something. Because they said, we, I think there's a scene where they say we went speaking to each other or something. Yeah. And you've got, there's just, there was definitely some sort of con- deep connection between yeah. the two of them. Now, if her ex-boyfriend had been a woman, which yeah. would have so naturally have segued into that because they're already suggesting she's at least bisexual, yeah. um, uh, then it would have then it would have been mm-hmm. okay. But that's the, that's the thing about having relationships as some kind of draw in a movie. Yeah. Like, 
Okay, let's quickly look at, I'm literally coming up with this top of my head, so Ocean's <laughs> Eleven, yeah. to what extent are male-female, you know, heteronormative love relationships part of it? Not, Not really. No, it's is true. There, is there, so there's, when does Julia Roberts' character and Catherine Zeta-Jones' character, is one of those Ocean's Eleven? They're definitely, I think, in Ocean's Twelve. Yeah. When they're, they're, there becomes a love aspect to it. But basically, yes, you can make a male heist movie, mm-hmm. um, or predominantly male cast and heist movie, without love really being anything. Yeah. So, Steven Soderbergh did Ocean's Eleven, and maybe he did some of the other ones, and he also did Logan Lucky. Have you seen Logan Lucky? No. So, I highly recommend it. Okay. It came out last year, a bit smaller release. Is it based on passing? No, not in any way. <laughs> Steven Soderbergh, I talk about quite a lot on the pod, because he does do a lot of that. He's better than some directors. Okay. Um, but that's a heist movie where romance is a very, very little part. Is that the Daniel Craig movie? Yes. yes where okay. he play, yeah, that, that's another issue about him. <laughs> he's playing this southern yeah. ridiculous thing. And it's also got um, Adam, uh, what's his name, Star Wars. I'm rubbish at names when it comes to body. Uh, uh, I know who you mean though. Uh, I can see it in my Kylo head. Kylo Ren. It has <laughs> Kylo Ren in it. Um, and, it, and I really like it. Also has Riley. Oh, I never know how to say her name. Kyo. She's like Elvis Presley's oh, yeah. granddaughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how to say her name. She's she's the main female interest in mm-hmm. it, and has a couple of other female roles in it. But to me, and I'd love it if you could see it and let me know. Yeah. I think it is a much better high school than Ocean's Eight. But I'm glad Ocean's Eight exists. Yeah. Because in no way does Logan Lucky push forward a feminist agenda. Yeah, and maybe that's what it needs to be. Sort of for the time being, maybe for the next year or two it's these movies that aren't necessarily you know winning oscars slash you know ticking all the like audience viewers boxes just being average but it's sort of pushing forward and it's paving the way and if it needs to be like that for a little while i'll happily go and watch them all and support them and you know critique where i can and then in a couple of years time it will be a case of it's not strange to be like you know here are a couple of women just pulling a heist or a couple. We would like to present you all with a hypothetical situation. How hypothetical? Not very, unless we screw up. Are there any films that you've seen a trailer for or never watched because you feel like it's skewed, not to Or have you ever been put off and you think that might be a man movie? I'm on the spot. Oh, I'm trying to think <laughs> what I've seen recently or I can haven't tell you seen. What to, to get you going. Yes. Like, you know, I'm ready with the questions. Go for it. I've never seen Master of Commander. People rave about it all the time. I think that is a male skewed movie, but I can see that, so okay. I don't know. Yeah. And I've got nothing against people being at sea and like, I don't even know who's even in it, Russell Crowe, I would <laughs> say. That's how much I hate the idea of it. Okay. I need to watch it, and I and I know it's been very easy for me to do it on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I realised that film came out, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe longer than that, and a lot of male film critics rave about mm-hmm. it. They talk about how good the story is, how good the cast is. It's also, I think, nominated for Best Picture. Okay. And its soundtrack is really good. And I have heard its soundtrack, and I think that's really good. But because it's male-dominated, so, you're like, mm. To me, it came across as that. Yeah. And I think that's my bias, but there are so few films where I feel it's pitched at women. Yeah. Why should I waste my time seeing one that feels pitched at men? Now you've said that, I think that explains my, I don't want to call it distaste, I normally don't 
skewed towards um, war movies. Uh-huh, yes. War movies. Fucking talk genre. Yeah. yeah, so, yes. Dunkirk, no, never seen it. I mean, I love the director. I know it's got a great cast. I know it did great things. Nothing in me wants to see it. The only thing that in me that wants to see it is just to say that I've seen it. <laughs> That's it. Like, I love Tom Cruise. Sorry, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Both. But I still haven't seen um, Saving Private Ryan. I have only seen Saving Private Ryan once a long time ago. And I, it, it wasn't really for me. I can recognise, mm. like, the cinematography and the bullet things and all of that being great from a film-watching perspective. But no, it just didn't do much for me. And I have seen Dunkirk, yeah. and I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. But I wouldn't have seen this because I try and watch the Best Picture yeah. nominees as many as I can, and I didn't watch it on the big seventy millimeter screen. Yeah. They say you should, and it is there are like maybe two women in it for maybe one percent of the film, but okay. it's Dunkirk. Yeah. And I also have um, my uh, granddad and my great granddad were there. Oh wow. So I thought, oh okay. god, maybe I shouldn't watch this because <laughs> I've got family related to this. Yeah, yeah. But I was okay. With I do think it's a brilliant movie. I think you should watch it. Okay. <laughs> and I'll watch Master and Commander if you really want to. Um, uh, but, um, and it's incredibly white as well. I think mm. it's when it's something that it's based on history. Yeah. You, when it came out, I was so pissed off with Christopher Nolan because I just thought, you could make something else, you could make an all-woman movie because he is a great filmmaker and not necessarily good towards female characters. No. Or, or just even having female characters on the screen. But if you take Dunkirk as what it is, a historic biopic, yeah. and it goes back in time and it's these three points of view from the, it's, it's good for the class system and yeah. nothing else. And I thought it was amazing. It's on the list that keeps getting shifted to the bottom yeah. because I just I'm just like, what's what's there for me? Like and I sort of tend to love action movies in general, things with a lot going on and like, you know, gritty settings. But something about war movies and it, I think it is the case of no females, rarely a lot of black casts, which is only something that I think in recent years has become more apparent because when you don't get a lot of black casts in cinema, like I've always loved film movies and stuff, so it's never really been in the forefront of my mind like, oh, I'm not going to go and see this because, you know, there are no black members in it because I wouldn't be able to see anything. So, you know, I just love cinema. It's only re- a lot recently that now when I'm picking movies and stuff, I'm just like, hmm. I want to talk about Tom Cruise. Yes. But, <laughs> but quickly, if they remade Saving Private Ryan in black, yeah. <laughs> would you watch it? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred thousand and ten percent. Yeah. So that speaks to maybe I mean, your race more than your gender, or maybe a mixture of both. I think a mixture of both. Yeah. I think sort of like what is it? Black Panther because Bond can't resist yeah already once you become invested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe you have to see them all anyway but seeing that was exciting because it was just all in black and it was fantastic and like it was just the audience like in the cinema were just loving it the vibes were great and it sort of that as well that just sort of encourages uh, just sort of makes you look up more movies and be like why can't more be like this i'm not saying every single movie needs to have an entirely black cast but you know more than Wouldn't one sort nice of i mean exactly but like uh, just more than the asexual best friend who like comes into quip and be like yes sandy i agree like or you know the, the one guy best friend who's just like yeah you should go out with her dude like just you know just i'm just asking for a little more kind of thing but I agree. Black Panther is a, is a genuinely well-made film. 
Yes. And honestly, what has race got to do with it? Ex- it's exactly. It's like the parts where yeah. you're saying we are this, you know, terribly was hidden from everybody and we want to mm-hmm. things like this. I genuinely feel like they made a film that's about race and also not about race. Exactly. And I think that's what's so good about it. it it's not like, oh, this is the Marvel movie we've put aside to address, you know, racial issues. No, it's just a Marvel movie. The cast and the, the story, the comic, happens to be set in sort of Africa. It fits well in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It just... It, it, it introduces characters like Shuri. Yeah. Like, when do we have yes. the most intelligent, funniest... Uh, like young. Imp- imperative, yes, young. Imp- yeah. uh, imperative to the plot character mm-hmm. being a black woman. No. Like, I don't, I don't like, know, I can't think of a single thing, except for maybe you could say hidden figures, but again, that's pushing the agenda. Yeah. I'm not against hidden figures, <laughs> I'm just And saying, it's historical as well, so yes. it's like... Yeah. yeah, whereas this is a new, like, well, not to comics, but a new yeah. character to the film world who I don't recall ever seeing before not in mainstream no and it was just I think as well I think what also I loved it it was just a movie like it wasn't like this is a black movie it's just a movie exactly. it's just a movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. it just makes sense with the timeline that's sort of quote unquote why we made it and it just fits and then the thing is it just drew in such an audience and I think that is another thing that's spearheaded but in a different way that um, Ghostbusters and um Ocean's 8 did with sort of having predominantly women cast it, you could almost say those were forced almost almost whereas Black Panther was just sort of easier like it just it, it just felt more organic more organic I think which is what was quite nice and just sort of as a general lover of film was also I really enjoyed did he freeze like an antelope in headlights <laughs> are you finished I mean, it's 2018, like, you know, we've come from black and white, no sound, to like, you know, 3D, 4D, like, someone will scream in your face type movies, so we're not asking too much at all, and I think it's, it's interesting now that it's almost become a case of um, segregation instead of integration to push through movies and sort of giving them agendas, as opposed to just being like, yeah, why can't we just have a 50-50 male and female cast? why can't we have like a 50-50 ethnic mix of a cast? Why has it got to be one or the other? And I think sort of like with the the new um, category they've given for the Oscars sort of thing, it's like it's segregation instead of integration sort of thing. And it's, it's a little bit backwards. I think it's segregation because I, by no means do I think it's a good idea. Yeah. But I think it's segregation because I think of the Black Panther argument, mm. I wonder if this had come up at any other time, whether we'd be relating those two things. Because True. I think there are plenty of popular movies which are pus- pushing an or, you know, not mm. that pushing agenda, but you know what I mean, it's, uh, it seemed to be pushing an agenda um, other than just the plot of yeah. the film. Um, so I think that I, th- I think it's terrible this new category. I think a, a lot of people on Twitter I saw were talking about a new stunt category. I'd have that any time. Yeah. Or scene, best scene, or something like that. And then best scene could include popular, popular, mm-hmm. whatever that means. <laughs> like what box office hits movies. So yeah. So what do you think about that new category? So you think it's segregation? Sorry, that's one of yours. Yeah, a little bit. What's I can't remember the name of the category. What what are they calling it? Is it is it most popular? Is 
it's actually popular. Yeah. I feel like most popular, best popular. We don't even know what it's going to be. Yeah, it's something like best popular, and it's. Not working. I mean, they just should workshop it on Twitter and like just gauge a reaction from there, and they'll be like, "No, this is a terrible idea." But I mean, then what's the point of best? What's best movie then? Is best like who who's voting for best popular? Unless it's taken from audiences, because I guess all the other awards are you know the select group of people, the like you know behind the curtains who get to to who get to decide who wins what in those awards. So unless best popular is taking it to the audiences, which I'm not 100 sure if it is or isn't. But I bet you it might be a voting, make some money thing. Yeah. There's got to be a capitalist, capitalist <laughs> spin on this somewhere. If it is, that makes sense. That, I think, would be better. It'd still be a bit strange, but it would be better because if you're having most popular movie and best movie, then like, what is the difference between the two? Why, can't, why isn't the most popular the best, in a sense? I suppose, and, and this is funny because I think, again, when I've seen the debate raging, mm. I think I have a slightly different opinion to some other film, film industry people, um, which is that, like, my favourite, their favourite film is a film that may not be nominated for Best Picture, yeah. Oscar, and I'm like, I think, I think the Oscars has gotten so much better in recent years mm-hmm. of nominating something which can be both good and bad. Yeah. Because I think, let's say a film, a film like Moonlight, which mm-hmm. I don't know off the top of my head if I would have seen certainly not at the cinema yeah. if I hadn't heard about the buzz about it because of Oscar nomination or people thought it was going to be nominated for an Oscar and Moonlight I think is one of my favourite films in like the last five years I think it's amazing um, and is that most that will never be most popular I don't think it's, if popular means the most mm. number of Joe Vlogs I keep saying Joe Vlogs and I hate that <laughs> Jen Vlogs no, that doesn't work uh, Lady Vlogs yeah Are you liking this just because you're a film lover, or is it speaking to you as personally? a person? Okay, so I think as a movie critic yeah. type individual, yeah. Molly's Game, yes. loved. Um, what did you love about The writing was phenomenal, um, which is, was to be expected with Sorkin writing it. Um, I think also, I mean, I know it's based on a real life story of Molly Bloom, but I think that's quite an interesting one in terms of drawing in both male and female audiences. Like the world that Molly Bloom was in was quite a male skewed world. So, and it handled it perfectly. It wasn't like, I mean, it obviously came up that she was a woman because that was something that she had to deal with at the time and would she have been screwed over as much if she was a man? No. But you know, she dealt with it, she rose, she was an athlete, she used to be an athlete and like she overcame. But the setting was quite, the things that happened were quite gritty, like quite male skewed, like in a poker environment type thing. And it, it was successful in appealing to, in my opinion, like everybody, like both um, genders, if you want to look at it from that point of view. Um, so that's something that I would say from, yeah. So that came up, you see that? So you can't help yourself maybe because of like being a critic and working in the industry, that you're looking at something, there's like a blurring of yeah. what you like. And if you also like it because it's representing something that you want to see. Yeah. And then, because, I mean, it's true. And then on the other 
the other hand of it is just as a general film lover goer I love terrible action movies so like I saw Death Wish because I like Bruce Willis so I was like yeah well, why not kind of thing it was a it was a god awful movie but I'd watch it again <laughs> is it I, I think I've mentioned Death Wish on the podcast before and I can't recall why probably because I said oh fridging had an episode on fridging yeah there's some big time fridging in Death Wish but um, yeah Bechdel passing I think not mm-hmm. so, okay so, so, so sorry so that appealed to you because Bruce Willis Oh, you're talking about the re- remake? Yes, Sorry, yes, the, yes. I was talking about the original, original. No, Don't the remake. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't seen the remake. Sorry, yeah. The, the so. remake with Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis in it? Yes. Okay. That was... Um, me and my sister just love Bruce Willis movies. So, and action movies, which will never win a best... Um, picture, but might win. Okay, not Death Wish specifically. That's not going to win anything. Yeah. Oh either. God, no, it would not. <laughs> but you know, hypothetically speaking, <laughs> could win most popular. So it, it's it's interesting. I mean, the line is very blurred because I guess I hope they give it to the viewers, the audiences. Well, I think they will because you can't just have the Academy deciding on yeah. what's popular. Although, oh, what's best in another sense. And um, I was listening to the, um, do you listen to the podcast called Keep It? I've heard it, but no. Oh, so I listened to the last, last, this week's episode, yeah. and um, it had, uh, oh, I've got a name, Cara? I think Cara's one of the co-hosts, and she was saying, hang on a minute, we've only just gotten all these more diverse people admitted into the Academy. Yeah. Why don't we just give them a few years to bed in, get more mm. people in, then start thinking about whether the Academy might actually not need popular because um, there'll be a more diverse Calling, audience of yeah. people deciding what's in best picture. Can you take can you take a category and, and then take it away? I don't <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's quite a big decision. I feel like I mean, they must have had to sit and think about it, but I feel like it's a category that they... Who is they? Yeah, the, the elusive they. they. every single <laughs> audience member to vote when they wanted this? Who knows? It's Sorry, just terrible. I think, yeah, I think she's right. Like, it's just been a bit more after the whole Oscar's so white thing and then the year after suddenly then being a little bit more inclusive and then just give things time to sort of work through and, you know, filter down before bringing in such categories that may or may not and probably won't will not I mean it's already got people so riled up like at these elusive they did they think this through we need to find out who they are yes and <laughs> um shall we talk about Tom Cruise yes now? so so it's, things have been coming up as we've been speaking so you definitely like a big head male action hero yeah yeah I do white action hero. yeah and you know agreed and I don't know what it is or like why it is I mean I think coming quickly back to the point you just made like with having sort of white male figures and just sort of rushing to them well quote-unquote rushing to see them in cinema you said that (laughs) (laughs) quote-unquote but I guess it's a case of that's what I'm used to that's what's always been there I mean 
there are a couple of sort of popular, for example, like black male leads. Off the top of my head, Denzel Washington. Yeah, he'll he, always be number one. That's the problem. There aren't enough. Yeah, and me. I'm not really a massive Denzel Washington fan in general, but that's just. I never really geared to what, towards a lot of his movies, sort of thing. But I mean, if it's Denzel Washington, that's one person versus you know Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks and Bruce Willis. It's sort of one in three, sort of thing. So yeah, Sylvester Stallone in the day, all the big. Well, we don't yeah. really have the big stars anymore. Arnie, all of those yeah. massive action heroes. The thing about Denzel though is that I think that. I'm not really liking his choices. Mm. It's like something happened where, oh, Fences was alright, but that was based on a play, and I'm really glad about the nominations and stuff. Yeah. But it was just so, so depressing. Yeah, it was. And um, he seems to now be going into. Uh, he used to be good guy. He was always leading man good yeah. guy. And then there was like things like training day yeah, where he's like, he's oh, look at me, I'm turning that on my head. <laughs> and now he's like, he seems mostly, I could have this wrong, I don't know every single film though, but he now seems to be like bad guy, like Equalizer. I haven't seen the second, I don't know, the second Equalizer. Out? It just came out today. Oh, yeah. Just but came I out today. I seen the first one and I was like, I don't like this Denzel character. I want him to, <laughs> you be, want him to be a good guy. The, the, well, or the, the, the hero. Yeah. I want him to be the lead. I don't want him to always, be, but then the equaliser is an anti-hero. That's yeah. a different thing altogether. But with Tom Cruise, he is kind of always the hero, even when he is the anti-hero. Mm-hmm. The whole thing on Mission Impossible is I've got so confused about who's good, who's bad. Everyone, like, yeah, who, who is the enemy? Everyone's the enemy. Yeah. Um, that like it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. So I can just watch those for, for what they are. I'm a bit worried about how it's, it, we're now seem to be obsessed with his stunts. Yeah, I, I actually, am obsessed. You're right. That is, oh, are you okay? Yeah. Because that is the least important thing to me in a Tom Cruise film. Really? Yeah. I like, don't get me wrong. I like the action. Yeah. But like, if someone goes, oh, there's this stunt where he broke his foot, or he did this, and it looks, uh, I'm like, no, I want to see. I really like the intrigue and the double crossing. That's yeah. what I'm interested in. The plot and the story to do with like what they're doing sort of thing yeah, yeah and like I like um, I was like I like spy thing yeah and you might say that that's more of a traditional male thing because it has hard caricatures of women are generally femme yeah uh, or older women in the kind of Judy Dent M yeah um, and I heard that Christopher McQuarrie uh, said that he only writes these films with Tom Cruise where the women are never dancers in distress so, um, yeah, so you like the stuff. So tell me about so what you like about... Have you, you've seen Fallout. Yeah, I have seen yeah. Fallout, yes. So tell me what it is. Did it live up to your expectations of a Tom <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I went in just watching it because I've seen all the others kind of thing. I plus Tom Cruise, so I was like, yeah, I'll go and see it. Do you think he's hot? Is it part of it? Is the... Do you know what? No. Right. I don't think he's hot, but there's just something about him that Screen I don't... Presence? Yeah. Yeah. I just liked okay. him on the big screen and the small screen. <laughs> I think he used to be hot, I think. He did used to be, now he's just... No, he's trying. He's just, he's Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. And I think, it, I didn't, like I said, I didn't walk in with any particular expectation except for me and my sister love seeing action movies together and being like, oh my God, did you see that chase scene and that hand-to-hand combat was amazing type thing. I mean, I love all the tropes in an action movie, yeah. like there used to be hand-to-hand combat, a, a gun, um, shooting scene that makes absolutely no sense as to why the main character isn't dead yet like a car chase again that somehow they know exactly every single nook and cranny road to go down without ever getting blocked off fantastic like 
I love all you that like stuff. That yeah. It's not realistic. Yeah. yeah okay. It's just you're watching it thinking like I'm there gasping like kind of like as he jumps out of an aeroplane even though in real life this isn't a thing that happens. So I think you're, with me in action movies I'm going there expecting going in expecting very specific things. I'm expecting it to just tick all the action movie boxes. I think with Tom Cruise and his stunts that was something that was more of an afterthought like I didn't do any sort of research on it until afterwards and I was like oh my god he actually jumped out of he did a halo job a hundred times to get that shot that's amazing like you know he does 99 exactly (laughs) I don't even have that much commitment like waking up at a set time every morning but like there's Tom Cruise with a broken ankle jumping out of an aeroplane like I think it at just 50, yeah, like that exactly well. at 50 like or whatever it is. it's just something I think it's almost inspiring he's in a sense I think it just adds to him being it's like he's Ethan Hunt in real life in a sense like he's he doing all, I mean if that's what he thinks I'm happy to let him think it I'm not gonna pull the curtain so I think it's just that it's almost like the movie comes to life I think when I was like I said doing the research I was like wow he's doing all this stuff he's really committed He's doing what he loves. Whether or not people are loving it, he's loving it, and that makes me love it all the more type thing. I think people are loving it because yeah. he, he, if, if you look at his catalogue and box office, he knows his stuff. Yeah. I think he, I think he's very clever at not giving us too much Tom Cruise. That's, no, that's, a, yeah. You're right, because I can't think. What was the last, oh no, there was American Made, which I haven't seen yet. I haven't either. I've seen The Mummy. I think that was the yeah, last the, one. Yeah, that's right. People hated it. I, yeah, I didn't. I, I, did, it was right. I didn't love it, but I think okay, that's My another thing. Like, were not yeah, <laughs> exactly. And also, when you come in doing a remake, you've already got the audience who are already waiting to hate it. I love the original Mummy, at least the first two. Were there three? I think the three oh, with Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there was the Scorpion King, which. Oh yeah, the, and the, then the Rock. Is that the Rock? Yeah, that's yeah. the Rock and the Scorpion. I might have seen that, I don't know, they blow yeah, into one. Exactly. So, in like, I don't know if you I'm going a little bit off topic, but I promise Go I'll come back. So, um, uh, I love Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. I have watched Robin Hood, the, the Russell Crowe starring Ridley Scott. Yeah. He is boring as fuck. Yeah. Um, uh, but I see what they were trying to do, make a serious version. And there's a new Les Mis coming out. Yeah. Uh, which is BBC, I can't remember right to me. Uh, which is just the based on Victor Hugo's novel. Yeah. yeah. The, the serious, no singing. No Hugh Jackman, no singing. <laughs> and that's TV adaptation. Yeah. Uh, and I will probably watch it, but I probably will not like it as much as Les Mis, the movie. So the thing about The Mummy, trying to get back to Tom Cruise, is um, that I love Friends of Fraser's The Mummy. Even though if you look at that a bit closely, Rachel Weisz is mostly a dancer. Yeah. Um, the Tom Cruise, the mummy, is trying to do something different. Of course, they're trying to capitalise and create a monster universe, yeah. which is it, yeah. uh, and not subtle. Um, but I, I like that as something different because it wasn't remaking. They mm. knew not to remake when they yeah. the mummy. And also, I enjoyed Russell Crowe's Jack and yeah. I like a lot of <laughs> Russell Crowe projects, even though most of them are not very pro-female or cosmetic. I think that could even just draw back to 
what like when we sort of in general start watch started watching movies it was male dominated you sort of latch on to one of exactly yeah. you sort of latch onto them and then from there you just sort of follow them you're like this he's good enough as you sort of grow older you're just like i mean it's not great but you know i've liked him for so long and you know what it's a solid enough movie so i think that's what it is for me and for example bruce willis tom cruise is to a certain extent as well it's just like you know i've been following you guys for so long it's, it's, yeah, you know, if anything, you're, you're always average. If anything, you know, you can go a bit above, you can go a bit below, but you're producing solid movies. And even with like Leonardo DiCaprio and like Titanic, I mean, he's like a fantastic actor, but in a sense, he's his movies, you know, it's a bit different because the other two are more action based and he's more like sort of dr- drama based. Um, but you sort of it just. It does a bit, it's not the same. Yeah. You know, like things like the departed, not really action, but like more. Yeah. Getting a little quote unquote bit. serious. Yeah, thriller, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, you're like mostly. But you it. follow him because it's, it's Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. as well. But I think, I don't know if sort of people who are sort of getting into cinema now in 10, 20 years' time will be able to say the same thing. I've been following who's off the top of my head I've been following Zac Efron for it like I don't I don't know if they can say the same thing it's coming out it's a bit <laughs> it's a bit different <laughs> like I don't know if they, they'll be able to say that because yeah. like now they're expecting more from cinema and from um, the characters that they're getting on screen and the diversity and the gender differences and stuff like that so I don't know if they'll be able to say oh yeah I've been following Zac Efron for ages because they're expecting more as they're going through yeah. a lot more seeing a lot more things like the Ocean's 8 and the, the female Ghostbusters and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that as well. One of the things that I we won't, I don't think will change maybe in our lifetime is the fact that women and men will go and see a movie with a leading man in it about yeah. a male story. And we haven't got to that point yet where we will feel the same way about a woman. Yeah. And there's nothing to do with having kids. Because the whole point about um, these leading men is yeah. that they might have a wife at home, they might have kids at home, but they can go out and do whatever they want in the movie and no one expects them, no one asks them in the middle of the film, mm. what are your kids doing right now? <laughs> I think there's definitely the fact that we are the gender that, that has those, that a middle-aged woman's story is so rare I just like who is the equivalent of Ethan Hunt? Who's a woman? I don't. And yeah, know. it's sad that like my mind has gone completely blank. There is Angelina Jolie and Salt or something. I don't yeah. know. I hate going towards that, but I do tend to go towards. Uh, and also because I think that might have been written for Tom Cruise. I think oh, that's really? the story, or it's certainly written for a male actor, and they changed it round. To, well, that's really to interesting. Her. It's yeah. like sort of the same thing can be said for Olivia Coleman in The Night Manager, the BBC series that was obviously based on the book, which I haven't read, but her part is originally played by a man. Yes. And they just wrote the script, and then there was someone who was like, no, we're casting a woman, and they didn't change any of the... pregnant as well, yeah. they were casting a pregnant woman, they didn't even mention her no, pregnancy. exactly, and they just yeah. wrote it, and then took out the mat, and put, there was no difference, except for maybe being like, oh, my ankles are hurt, so like, for one second, at one point, just to acknowledge the massive bump in the room. Yeah, otherwise... <laughs> Other than that, and that was fantastic. And, and all the other characters, the good thing about that as well is that all the other characters didn't make a comment. Yes. Because sometimes it's, it, should, it, it shouldn't be, all of, the, all of the cast have to be in on it together. The writer and the director have to make sure that everyone agrees mm. that this isn't an issue. Yeah. And I think that's what they did so beautifully. Yeah. I know what you're thinking. Maybe they're not here for you.
Maybe they're just here for me. Are you willing to take that chance? You have something I want. Right now, that makes me the only person you can trust to get you out of here alive. I think I'd like to go home now. So what's your favourite Tom Cruise Okay, so this is probably a toss-up between two. Maybe because I've just seen it, so I want to say Fallout. Okay. And that I could just come back to knowing how hard he worked ah. and the whole stunt thing comes back into it. Yeah. So I think his passion makes me love it more. Um, and then I want to say A Few Good Men. Oh, yeah. you can handle the truth. Yes. <laughs> I mean, when that line Shops came... just like ah. And that could be a mix between Tom Cruise, yeah. uh, who was amazing in it, because he wasn't even that central. He was like one of three, which is great. And I think also the writing, Aaron Sorkin. So that was one of the one movie that I was, you know, you hear a lot of hype about movies, so I was put off watching it for a while, and it's like, fine, I'll watch it. And I was like, this is amazing. Yelling at everybody that they can't yeah. handle the truth for the next two weeks. So I, I eat my breakfast <laughs> 300 men away. It's very quotable yeah. when Aaron Sorkin it is. I have to say, I haven't picked uh, either of mine. I'd say my two favourite Tom Cruise. I do love Tom Cruise as well. Yeah. Uh, Everybody does. Uh, I, I think my absolute favourite is Edge of Tomorrow. Really? I love that film. I love that film. I like Time Travel. I like repeated films. I say so, so do I. That's and interesting. I love, and I love Emily Blunt's character. And she gets a, she gets a proper yeah. centre stage once she's introduced. And the way she is introduced, doing that like down with the what have you plank, like the best yeah. abs ever. I can't do that. So I'm like in awe of her character. I think she's amazing. So maybe I love it because of Emily Blunt. But I do think Tom Cruise is very good at um, mocking any persona mm. of him. And my other one is Oblivion. I love Oblivion. I don't think I've seen a oh, Oblivion. Yeah. Again, also has good female characters in it. Well, Andrea Riseborough's character is really good. Honestly, I'm not sure I can come up with a fun Tom Cruise. I mean, there is no such thing. So let us talk, turn our attention to what do you think makes a good movie? And is there a, a movie that's... What makes a good movie for a woman and a man? Is it, is it different? It shouldn't be different, but it is. I can't at all speak from the male perspective. Um, oh, go on, Les. They I mean, speak for our perspective all the they time. They do, don't they? I mean, I feel like men just want to see men on screen. I think it boils down to tradition. Like, you know, the same way it's like men go to work, a woman stay at home and look after the kids. And they still want to see that in cinema. What's a good movie that you've seen? What made it good? I think, I think I asked this on Twitter quite recently, what makes a good movie, and I think the majority of people said great characters and um, great characters and a good story kind of thing, so those two, so I think... There's no gender mentioned in that. Exactly, so it's having fantastic characters who are, you know, following the plot, everything they're doing makes some sort of sense, you know, you see it, you believe it, you're like, you're not like, oh, but why would you go backwards when you've just learnt that back going backwards or do something crazy so I think those two are fundamentally so I think I think when women go to the movies they're just going to the movies sort of thing it's a case of yep yeah, great story great characters and I think when men go to the movies they're like this doesn't make sense where are the men like sort of thing really? I think it's interesting because yeah. I think men are probably thinking more about gender than women are going to the cinema particularly if they see something which is not that, that, that's the issue between 
when you think that what you've always seen is reflective of real life. Yeah. So they're like, this is different. Whereas, no, it's not different. Women have been writing their own stories mm-hmm. forever. It's just you're not seeing them. So because you're not seeing them, you're thinking this is abnormal. Yeah. When really it's because white men have generally run cinema and, it, and it, there is a vanity and I think we all share it. Mm-hmm. Lots of people want to see something that reflects them. 100%. And the more, the more we get more people coming up with different voices, they're like, oh, I like this story and it does speak to me. It doesn't matter they don't look like yeah. me or don't share the same you know, genitalia. <laughs> And I heard a, a little bird tells me that a great film that you've seen recently is Jurassic World 2 Fallen Kingdom. Yes, yes it is. Uh, I also liked it as well, but I'm not entirely sure that, we, that we're we in the consensus. And I find it so strange that we're not. Like, when I saw reviews for it, because um, I think I watched it the day it came out, maybe the day after, but before then... But you were keen already. Yes. So you, was it dinosaurs? I'm the not gonna, uh, Yes. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love dinosaurs? The idea of dinosaurs the creepy ideas that dinosaurs could like come and creep through your bedroom window like <laughs> it's amazing yeah so uh, i was there. and uh, chris pratt was he a draw he wasn't actually no okay no. and tom cruise chris pratt <laughs> two vanilla for you okay i mean like yeah i mean but um <laughs> i was so surprised i think i really enjoyed it like great characters the story moved so well like within i think just over two hours so so much happened though there were great characters there was like the creepy sort of backstory to the little girl like there are female characters in it there was yeah. Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard who I um, love I think she's really really yes. good so she was a draw for she you she was the draw for what me why did I bring up Chris Pratt I mean she Chris who Chris <laughs> yeah exactly she um, was the draw yeah okay so her and she's not wearing her heels that's the, the joke uh, uh, which, which means that, <laughs> that actually makers of the film did see Twitter feedback yeah. audience feedback and did make a change so that's great um, the little girl uh, and there's also and again it's sorry it's been a couple of months now I think since it came out there's the character who's the, the female character who's the the doctor the specialist I yes. loved her I loved her and the guy and the potential <laughs> yeah. is there a love interest or they're just friends that was cute I liked, I liked that was great and really smart mouthed in a exactly and it's just like if you guys want to if you, if you want this dinosaur to live you'll let me do my job and I'm like yeah you let her do her job sort of thing and it wasn't like oh let's just shoot her because she's a woman and we'll find a man to do the job it's like yeah this is her job it wasn't even brought up I'm on this island to do this job the same as my like colleague who's there to do the science computer stuff I'm here to do the saving of dinosaur lives so that was yeah. and Bryce Dallas Howard was just great like keeping up quote unquote keeping up with um, <laughs> Chris Pratt's character like she had her own thing to say that scene in the beginning where they're sat and oh in the bar <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just not, <laughs> I love that and I was laughing it was yeah. just it was good the characters see already yeah. just bringing them back up again bringing them back up again it's making me relive the movie and it was great so the fact that people I, I just don't know what it is I think it's because a lot of people love Jurassic Park and maybe the other films I don't know yeah that they feel so they feel like they own it and so therefore any movies that are made afterwards they're never gonna like they're gonna go into it not liking it but also a lot of people said um, even Nick who's uh, you know on other episodes of this podcast he said he preferred Jurassic World I was like you are crazy Jurassic World 2 is so yeah so it's so it's it just took it and amped it up even even the dinosaurs were characters yes which, blue and like and you know, there's signs of the name yeah <laughs> that we remember exactly <laughs> and who's a female <laughs> And it just, I mean, you're right. I mean, you can't help but love 
what you love like there are certain things that if they were to remake I would probably be like oh like, like what, are, what are you doing that for but I think it's sometimes hard to look at a movie as a movie in its own right and separate sort of your personal nostalgia with it your personal love for it and I think it's lucky that the Jurassic world is such a franchise because it made it, it made more than its money back that like people still saw it people might complain but everybody saw it bringing this back to Bechdel are there any films that you feel like that are probably Bechdel cast and that do have prominent women in them that you would recommend to listeners to check out Yes, and it would be a heist movie. It's called um, Set It Off. Yeah. It's quite old. It's, I think, 1996. And it's about four women who pull off a heist um, for four separate reasons. Sort of, they just need money, and but they like to end up being bank robbers. And it's not like, oh, we need to, I need to rob the bank because my husband wants me to or like I'm sat at home with my husband or like you know I'm doing this for the mob leader who was a man it's just four friends who are yeah. in, in a sense doing what quote unquote you'd expect a man to be doing like okay. you know like putting on the masks and like you know robbing a bank and I think they if I'm not mistaken they're, they also are pretending to be men while they rob the bank which I thought was really funny because it's looking and being like you wouldn't expect four women to like you know be pulling off a bank job so uh, yes it must be four men who did it so that's something I would recommend it like who, you know who stars in it is it a famous Queen, Queen Latifah's in it oh wow okay. um, I want to say Jada Pinkett Smith I wanted to say is, is Jada Pinkett Smith in it There's that's who comes to mind two more who I can't remember That is something I would recommend. So set it off. Yes. Go see that. Before you see any male action movies, but then you can see Tom Cruise's movies. Yep. Because we're women, we make our own choices, we can watch women <laughs> and we can watch men. Especially for Tom Cruise. <laughs> so, just Jen. Yes. Thank you so much. Just me. Thank you. <laughs> now, this has been good. Yeah, um, good. Love talking about film, so. Yeah, we'll do it again. Yes. Maybe we'll talk about TV. I would definitely be up for that. <laughs> I need to talk about that. Thanks so much to Jen. You can find her at justgen underscore zero two on Twitter and her blog is justgenreviews.wordpress.com and we'll put all of this in the show notes. And to play us out, a new spin on a very, very famous theme from Mission Impossible Fallout. Till next time, bye.